This episode of Youth Ministry Booster Podcast is brought to you by Grow Curriculum. See what 800 other churches have learned, that Grow isn't just a curriculum, but a strategy for growth in your ministry. Visit www.youthministrybooster.com on the Curriculum tab to learn how you can get Grow Curriculum and Youth Ministry Booster to boost your entire ministry for 2018. Youth pastors in the know, go with Grow Boosted. Episode 120 of the Youth Ministry Booster Podcast. We're so thankful that you're listening to us because this week we're getting into a pretty intense question. I don't know about you, but you've probably had a season or a time or maybe even living in the chapter right now where parents are questioning, wondering, or you're feeling some tension between the parents around your youth ministry and then what you've got going on in your youth ministry. And we're going to jump into that question today and you're going to love what Kristen and Chad have to share. And I, I, I know that I learned a lot in this episode. I just wanted to say, if you haven't had a chance to subscribe, rate, and review, we'd love for you to do that. Youth Ministry Booster Podcast is always thankful when the, we get reviews from folks. And we're giving out pins. You may have heard a couple weeks ago that for our friend Brandon, he's a big fan of pins. We are too. All you've got to do is take a picture of that review and message us on Facebook or on Twitter and you can hit us up and we will get you one of our after nine pins because we want you a part of the pin club and we're just really thankful for you guys for listening for that. And so we hope you enjoy this episode as we tackle some of the honest questions in youth ministry because Youth Ministry Booster is here in the struggle to support you because we believe in you and we're just so excited that you're listening to this episode, whether for the first time or the 120th time. Thanks for checking it out. But I'm here, as always, with my good friends, Chad Higgins, Kristen Lascola. How are you guys feeling about Today's episode of the podcast. Woo, good. We're getting ready to jet set to Chattanooga soon. Woo. That's right. We are going to be in Chattanooga at the end of this week. So if you're catching this at the end part of January for the YM Conclave, we'd love to see you there hanging out. Super fun. Chad's super excited about it. Can we talk really quickly about, <laughs> once again, the phenomenal hotel that Zach Workin has booked for us <laughs> in <That's> Chattanooga? Right. <laughs> So if you're looking for a place to stay last minute in Chattanooga, Tennessee, we uh, have found ourselves at the Reed Hotel, which is historic, but not for the reasons that Chad Higgins was hoping. <laughs> so once again, if you listen to our episode of like a few weeks ago, we talked about our hotel stay in Memphis. We were in Memphis. Memphis. We were in Memphis at YS hanging out. Which Zag decides to buy a Zorby and stuff in the car and all these kind of things and then put us in a hotel that was super murky. <laughs> For whatever reason, like I allowed Zach to book yet again another place to stay. Um, and he has put us in a place that is, in fact, haunted. All right. Straight up ghost tours at this right. place. And, and so we are going to be staying there. Um, I think we're going to do some like Facebook live videos while we're there. Right. Correct. So <laughs> yeah, if you'd like absolutely. to see one of us murdered, um, on Facebook live. <laughs> Um, you can join us uh, this weekend, which will be um, fantastic. And so, super fun stuff. <laughs> so, it should be a lot of fun, and we hope to see you all there. And you come hang out in the lobby of the hotel with us to see if we hear any rumblings about ghosts or things at night. It's going to be an exciting time. <laughs> I was cool with it until I found out that for almost the last hundred years, there is a room in the hotel that straight up has like bars on it and locks right. on the outside of the door. 
<laughs> like it's not rented out to anyone because they feel like it's unfit and unsafe for anyone to occupy it. It's it's That's a real terrifying. Thing in oh my god! Chad a and I real hang out there at three a.m. Yeah, a real special type of thing. Like I feel like that's a statement that you make after you go to like a seventh grade band concert, right? And they're like, "Hey, <laughs> how was special that?" Kind of and they're like, "It was a real special kind of thing." <laughs> like that, that's that's the like statement that you put on something that you're like, "Yeah, that was actually." terrible and horrifying like a seventh oh, well. grade band concert and then you're like yeah that was a real special thing like uh, maybe, maybe it's scarring maybe this is the last time that chad ever visits chattanooga or anywhere we should just start pounding at his on his door at like 3 a.m scratching, oh, scratching. already it's gonna be bad all right, team, well, let's dive into this one today. And I think, I don't know for you all, I would much rather stick to the side of making jokes about our haunted hayride. But I think I think for a lot of us, the questions related to parents involved in student ministry. So I think the, the, the safe way that a lot of folks would shelf this is, you know, I ought to do more for parent ministry, my student ministry. But the honest question that we want to get into is how do we carry some of the emotional weight, burden, some of the relational grief, if we can speak honestly, of ministering to parents that don't always feel what we're trying to work on or have maybe even vocally <laughs> or in an email written either verbally or writtenly uh, have told us, we don't like what you're doing and what you're about and maybe have even left the church because of it. And I think that, like, how do we deal with parents when they're upset in our youth ministry is a question that we've all faced. Maybe we've handled it well, maybe we've handled it not so well. And I need some help because if I can be honest, I feel like I'm in a season of this. We had some big changes last year, and I feel like there's just some conversations that are happening in and around uh, ministries at our church that, that I need some guidance. Yeah. So the first big question that I would love just to start in this conversation is to be honest and talk about, um, have you guys experienced, right, a time or an actual, like, place in, in your ministry where you've had parents that um, were upset over something? And, and so um, I'll start and actually give like a fun example. Okay. Oh, you got a fun uh, version. Great. Well, yeah. as, as fun as like an upset parent can be. So I made the mistake, uh, while I was a middle school minister right around Christmas time, I'm telling a, uh, a story, right. In one of my sermons and this story, um, implied and basically straight out told that Santa Claus is not in fact real. Um, this caused great angst, um, in one of our families who had a sixth grade girl who still believed that Santa was in fact, um, still real. And so Monday morning in my office, I have one of the most angry parents, right? That I have ever dealt with, um, who is ready to tell me that I have now ruined Christmas for their entire family. Um, and so to the point where there were almost tears, um, and, and then this line was said to me, my daughter trusts you and respects you. And so the things that you say she knows are true, which I then responded with, yeah, that's a really good thing. Right. Um, which mom was not very happy with. 
And, sure. and so, you know, I, I think that there are th- those kind of like moments where it's like, w- is this really happening, right? Is this real life that I'm getting yelled at over the fact that I've shared with a middle school young lady that Santa is real? But I also have those those times in, in ministry where um, I've had parents that were just upset, right? We are our, our structure. We moved our main Wednesday night, like large group session for our middle school students to Sunday morning. And then we began to do uh, home groups on Wednesday nights. And we had a handful of parents that were really upset with this because their student loved our large group stuff, maybe wasn't plugged into a small group, right? And so then they felt like, well, I can never come anymore, right? Right. Because I have sports and all those kind of things, and it really messed up their schedule. And so we had some really upset parents. Oh, yes, (laughs) of course. There is um, always a a good story. And you know what? With your Santa example, it's like... So you've been lying to your kid for this long? I mean, there is a point, you know, where it's like the truth There's will be There's a reason told. they trust you, Chad, because their parent has been a perpetual liar like, to come on. <laughs> That one is so funny to me. Um, yeah, and you know, like there is so many, there's so many different stories like of the concerned parent who, um, you know, brings up some issues and, and they're valid. And then there's the irate parent, you know, who just like doesn't want to ask any questions, just goes crazy and... Um, and then there's just the when we dropped the ball and, and messed up. But, you know, and I have examples for all of those. But probably the worst I ever got was from a mom stormed into youth group um, after winter camp. It was in the middle of program. It was horrific. My One of my leaders was on the stage sharing his testimony. And she walks in the back red-faced looks at me in the eye says I need to talk to you right now and I was like oh no I said well we we need to go in the office because everyone's yeah. now turning around and looking at us <laughs> and um basically she was so upset because her 7th grade son whose only motivation to go to winter camp was to learn about Jesus um, was bullied by the other students because they took his mattress off his bunk bed and put it out in the snow. He came back really upset about that, and um, she just screamed at me for about, you know, 15 minutes. And, you know, with that one, and I hadn't heard about that. I didn't know that had gone on. It was one of those things where... I felt like I had to like set a couple boundaries, you know, like with somebody so angry just to say, you know what, if you ever have an issue, um, give me a call. Like I'll talk to you or you can email me. I said, but you storming in here like that, that was really inappropriate. And, um, you know, my, my line is always open. We can talk about it. And I think me setting boundaries (laughs) totally caught her off guard. Um, and it was a little bit, uh, whoa, like, cause I was like 23 at the time. I think she's like 23 year old, like not, not, getting scared and I just said I will I will hear you I will I will talk to you but not like this so I want your respect of of contacting me um now I'm missing my whole youth group because I'm in here talking to you but you know there's been other I mean man things where it's just like all you can do is just sit there and apologize you know like to where it's like yep 
well, I'm sorry. I don't I don't know what to tell you except for sorry. But you know what I was thinking as we're talking through this is I feel like all of this conflict a lot of times intention and upset and all of that will happen. It's inevitable. There's no way around that. But, you know, I think the thing that will always make it so that when these times come, they have the potential to not be so catastrophic is when we are um, putting parents at a constant priority all the time. Because I feel like if they feel cared for by us, like I would even go so far as to say parents are our first ministry because without them, we cannot minister to students. So I feel like when they know we're on their side because of the way we treat them every week and communicate with them and put their needs and their concerns first. Like we beat them to the punch of the concerns. We over communicate, we over safety, everything, you know, I feel like they know our intentions. So when they are upset, I feel like it's easier to navigate with them because we've already built such a rapport because it will come, but if they feel slighted, if they don't feel like we're communicating with them, if they don't feel like we're taking um, the parental view uh, in ministry, I think those those conflicts come out in, in more frustration than they would have. Well, I think I would just add, Kristen, that what you're saying is what, what Chad and I often talk about is that as a leader, any way that you can find to be proactive instead of reactive is always more promising for you. And so at, at first opportunity, if you would work to at least begin the relationship, invest in the relationship with every stinking parent that's related to your ministry that you can, parent, grandparent, guardian, don't let your first phone call be the fearful phone call of like, so there was a fight or their first phone call of, hi, you don't know me, but I'm mad about this. Like how much better is it if the first phone call is like, hey, this is Diana and I know we've had some issues with Tim before, but I just, what's going on? Because if there's already, if there's a pleasant first phone call, if there's a friendly first phone call, then those second and third and fourth phone calls that come, that first coffee meeting where you're like, hey, are you, which one of you is Tim's mom? Like you need – there needs to be at least like some kind of connection there. I know that's not always possible because students bring friends or students come on their own accord. But you're right, Kristen. At first opportunity, at, at first ministry investment in that parent because that parent has that student more than you do and also is in many ways way more determinative if that student's going to be involved in your ministry than that than the student often is. And so, man, I, I would just share like that – that's usually where the conflict comes. Uh, the thing that, that I wonder and worry about is the ways in which those parent relationships end up being the burdens that many student ministers carry with them throughout the week without ever trying to seek resolution. And I think that's the thing that I'd love to hear more from you about because I think for a lot of us, we might have an episode where this happened, but the thing that I think really weighs heavy on a lot of us is the kind of like residue that comes with it. So yeah, maybe you talked about it, but now you're walking around questioning yourself, questioning your ministry, or in some other ways, beginning to kind of like, well, they're not a terrible parent anyway. So we do this weird dance of like, it's either all my fault and I feel like nothing, or they're a terrible parent anyway, and that's why I'm a youth pastor from the first place. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think what you're talking about, Zach, stems from this place of the way that we view our role, our ministry, our our own identity, and then like the, the parents' involvement. 
Kristen, I love that you started at this place of understanding like our importance of ministering to parents, right? The the concept that I've always thought thought about is when we don't fill in the blanks for people, they'll fill in the Absolutely. blanks. Absolutely. Yeah, right? I agree. And, and so when when you have parents that don't understand what's going on in your student ministry as a whole, right? And then they have their student has a bad experience, whether that's, you know, being picked on at camp or that they just don't don't enjoy coming, right? Or what for whatever reason, then that parent's view of all of your ministry is put into a negative light, right? Um, rather than a parent understanding things that are going on in your ministry have been communicated well to, and then there's just this one bad experience, right? Then parents, I think, can look at things through the correct lens of going, uh, maybe this was just one bad time, right? Rather than them filling in all the blanks and going, this is what their ministry is about. It's unsafe, whatever, right? And so I think when we're diligent about communicating, creating these great relationships with parents, we have that. To, to hit on what you're talking about, Zach, it, it's those internal angst that we have um, as student ministers, right? Kristen, I'll use your example, right? You have this mom that comes in that's frustrated. I, I think for any of us that have been in student ministry for any length of time, you've probably dealt with one student's interaction with another student that led to um, a bad experience, right? kid picks on each uh, another they say something that hurts another kid's feelings and then we've got mom or dad in our office right um for us i think we need to understand as healthy ministers that these are going to happen right we are walking through life with sinful junior high high school students there's going to be moments of hurt and pain and all those kind of things when we allow that to weigh on us that uh, I can't do anything right and we make this personable, personal uh, in ourself, we stop ministering and we just become part of the problem or, or part of what's happening, right? Instead of sit, stepping back and going, okay, we have a problem here, right? It's a problem that these kids threw the mattress out into the snow right? Like we don't want that to happen. I, I think from the beginning, when we're, when we're dealing with parents of understanding, oh man, we didn't want that to happen. It did happen, right? What do we do to successfully help that not happen again? Right? Because I think for us as ministers, for us to safeguard against absolutely everything, it's impossible, Right? But we can create an environment that's as safe as possible, that's as healthy as possible, um, and, and that people involved know that. The thing that I that I see youth ministers walk through a lot is when mom and dad gets upset, we wear that as this badge that we're no longer a good youth minister, right? Right. And that can come with like discouragement. It can come with us like withdrawing ourselves, all of those kind of things. So the the big question that that I want us to talk about to make sure that we don't fall down those traps is being able first to correctly evaluate 
what are what are valid complaints and in what are complaints that we need to understand hey maybe these aren't as valid so yeah. what are ways that you guys go to identifying when a parent's upset hey is this something that i really need to take consideration to or is this some is this just this same person complaining over something what what are you guys' thoughts uh, I mean, I would just share that, like, if it if it's a real issue, if it's a real issue, then then give yourself the time to do the research, right? Like, this is like it's for any, you know, car accident, insurance claim, whatever. Like, it never is going to get resolved as fast as you want it to, unless it's like a, an emergency thing. So, do the triage thing of like, is this an emergency? Is there a kid that's in danger? Have we done something totally wrong? But if this is like like the general like parents are upset with my ministry kind of feeling, then allow yourself to be open enough to do the research and allow other people to speak into it. I think sometimes what helps in the ministry is that you are not the uh, the sole bottleneck or funnel for determining things related to the ministry. This is why hopefully you have some other people, either a senior pastor or other staff leaders or other colleagues in this, a team of adult volunteers that you trust to speak truth into the situation. So yeah, maybe there is a culture where the boys are kind of picking on the girls and we need to address it. Or maybe there is a culture where, you know, they're in the gym and these group of guys have picked on these other younger guys. Or maybe it is a culture where, you know, a certain group of kids don't feel welcome. And this parent who has a student that is nerdy or is the athlete or is really into this or that feels excluded from what's going on into the group, you yourself may not be the best informant for it and you should not be the deciding agent for it. And I think that's one of the things that allowed the research to happen, do the investigation and know that you can separate yourself from the, like you are not the ministry, you are ministering, but you are not the ministry. And that means if there needs to be changes that take place, it doesn't eliminate who you are in your role, but allows the ministry to to flourish in a better way. Because the hope is that the ministry gets better because of it. And I think that's one of the things that I would offer is allow yourself to do the research and investigation and have other folks that be willing to speak truth into the process. Yeah. And you know, whenever whenever we do <clears throat> you know, events or programming or, you know, retreats, I always go in it with the perspective of am I Am I building this event, this program, am I detailing it to the point where I can be completely blameless? And by that, I mean, there will be things that happen outside of my control, absolutely, and we'll address those when they come, like you were saying, Chad, but as far as it depends on me, have I dotted every I, crossed every T, taken every precaution, done everything legally correct? Have I, so that if something were to come up that I, nobody could say, well, you were negligent in that area, or why didn't you, or why you should have. And I never want to have that conversation because I never want to have to apologize for something I just got lazy at or didn't do. Because I think parents are a lot more understanding. It's like, hey, like, you know, two kids got in a fight. I didn't have anything to do with it, but I'll help you resolve it. Like, let's, let, let's work on a solution together. That's a lot easier to recover from than, oh, well, I didn't bring the medical form. So, you know, that's why I couldn't get your phone number to call you that your kid sprained his ankle. Like, that's unacceptable. You know, years ago, we had a um, video game in one of our student ministries classrooms at a different campus that had all kinds of inappropriate stuff on it. And I guess the youth pastor wasn't super aware of the content 
content of the game and one of the parents came in and heard the language or saw the whatever was inappropriate. I don't really remember. And that got brought up for discussion and our student ministries pastor was like, well, what do you do? And I said, in this situation, all you can do is apologize because that was 100% our fault. Like that was completely negligent that we had a game that had bad content. Like what else can you say at that point? Like the parent is correct and we just have to humble ourselves and say, oops, I'm really sorry. How can we make this right? So I think we have to also know the difference between what can we own, you know, and... um and hopefully those are few and far between because if if we can control it, you know, that's our responsibility to to not have those kind of issues. But then when an issue does come up, how can I help you? And I think parents really want to be heard. And um, like you were saying, get all the information. What happened? Who was involved? What was said? Well, let's talk to the kids. Well, let's talk to the parents. Let's figure out how we can, you know, address this so that it's no longer an issue. But I think they just want... Um, that help from us. And I think they want to be heard. And I think they want to have the, the sympathy too of like, gosh, like, you know, I'm really sorry that happened. And, um, man, that, that hurts my heart too. I, I never want a kid to come here and feel like that. Let's figure out how we can, you know, cause they, it's about their kid, you know? And so that's why it's, that's why it's a delicate situation. And I think, you know, I think the biggest mistake youth pastors make and, I see a lot of young youth pastors do this too, is they completely avoid parent relationships. They're intimidated by parents. They're afraid of parents. And I think as a youth pastor, we're, we need to constantly go toward parents. You know, I tell my staff a lot of times, you need to hang out with kids. I'm going to be intercepting every parent. So I just stand at the door and I'm looking like a hawk, like any parent, any adult who walks through this door, I'm all over you. Like, how are you? Hey, let me tell you about our ministry. Let me give you some information because I want to set the precedent from day one. I am on your side. I am here for you. I care about parents. You can come to me with anything. And so hopefully when and if those things come up, it'll be, hey, you know what? I know Kristen has the best of intentions. So they're going to assume the best when we go into conflict, not assume the worst. And the other thing is they talk to other parents, you know, like if they're having an issue with your ministry, chances are they're going to ask another parent. And if that parent knows and loves you, they're going to say, you know what? No, I know Zach. Like he, he, that must've been a mistake. You know what? He's great. Just give him a call. He'll be great. You know, you want your reputation to go far in those circles um, of parents. So can I, can I step on toes for a moment? And I got my shoes off, but sure. I (laughs) I will, I'll I'll start with my own. I think where so much of the internal angst for youth pastors, where this comes from is, is this place. We have substituted ministering to families and students with our desire um, of growth and looking good as a youth minister. And so when we do that, Okay, so the second part, that growth and looking good as a youth minister, when we have a parent who's upset, right, our mind goes to this place of, do I need to fix this? Is it valid, right? What do they, you know, what do they really know? And we become defensive, right? When it comes from a place of ministry and what you're talking about, Kristen, right, of getting to know these parents, then 
hopefully what we hear is when it's when it's valid a parent going i'm trying to get my student plugged into your ministry and hopefully even into a deeper relationship with jesus christ or a new relationship with jesus christ right when we begin to minister with compassion right and we have an upset parent when we're ministering from a place of compassion for that family what we should hear is we have a we have a family who's hurting how do i help them right rather than this is just an upset parent how do i get them out of my office and and in that when we start functioning in that way and and through that lens then we get to this place where we get to humility a lot quicker it doesn't become about us but it becomes about how do we help this family? And so some good advice that, that I used for years when I had an upset family with a specific situation, we began to talk about what actually happened in the situation. And then we began to talk about, hey, how, what can we do on our end, right, to help situations in the future like this? But what can they begin to do on their end? And I think that's a really important part that we help families see, Right, because I think a lot of times as youth ministers, the thing that we hear from families are, you know, so and so no longer wants to come. They're not having a good time. All those kind of things. Right. Uh, one of the things that I saw over years and years was the kid that didn't really have friends yet. Right. And so they weren't connected to the student ministry. And so that kid, right, they're going to find every excuse in the in the world of why they shouldn't be there. Right. For for us as a ministry, we can turn to that family and go, hey, here's what we try to do to help your student get connected. We're, we do, I would always point to events, right? Because I knew that, man, if a kid went to camp, they were with us for a week, they're going to meet new friends, those kind of things, and, and have that connectability. But oftentimes, right, the kid's never connected, so they don't want to come to camp, right? To get connected, those kind of things. And so being able to turn to families and say, hey, here's what we do to help alleviate that problem. Will you commit to really making sure your kid's at camp, right? Or whatever that looks like. And so now we're working together, right? As the ministry and as the families, we work together to to find solutions rather than just going, ah, they're, they're complaining again. Does that work every time? No, if we're going to be honest, right? Sometimes kids don't connect, right? And, and and we can't make that happen. But we as the ministers continue to do everything in our power to love on that family, have compassion for that family, and meet them where they're at. Um, so that that's that's been my experience. yeah and i think that's going back to the whole thing of like hey could we fix every problem no right. but at the end of the day can we stand before that family stand before that parent and go i did everything right. possible i right. gave you my all i i did everything to make this work and if it didn't hey we all gave it our best try you know but i think we owe it to our ministries, our, our profession, our job, our calling to say, hey, I, I stand here in a glass house. Like I did everything possible. Um, and I think, and I think that goes a long way. I think sometimes we can get a little bit, um, 
you know, dismissive, you know, we get a little jaded of like, ugh, you know, but, um, the, I think the more we partner with parents, the more we see like, Hey, we're on the same team. And it's amazing. I had a conversation yesterday with a mom. She came to my room after church and she said, Hey, I'm really busy, but if you ever need anything, like I would love to support you or help you in some way. And I said, wow. I said, that that's an incredible offer. I said, you know what? I have a lot of parents that say that. And I said, I just kind of send out an email once in a while. Hey, I need help cooking this or I need help transportation with this event or whatever. And I said, and if it has your name on it, great. If not, don't worry about it. I said, but you know, I'm so lucky. I said, I have so many parents who are just so willing to drop things to help me. I said, I cannot complain. And she goes, well, you know the reason why? And I said, no. And she goes, because you pour so much into our families and into our students. And I said, and she said, it's obvious and us as parents want to pay you back. And I thought to myself, thank you. Like all of the hard work I have been doing, pouring into parents, making parents feel a part of the ministry. I, you know, this year I had a night where I invited them to join youth group and I made these fun competitions with them and their students and you know, I keep them in the loop about everything. And sometimes you wonder if any of that is making an impact. And to hear her say that, it was like, wow, I'm glad what I'm putting out is being caught by you guys, that I am trying desperately to tell you parents, I am on your side. We are in this together. I am, you know, I am for you. And when I'm so for them, then they become for the ministry. And man, when they have an issue most of the time it's, Hey, here's a thing. Do you think, or, you know, what do you think about? And it's with such a humble sweetheart, you know, once in a while you get the (laughs) off the rocker types, you know, that just want to yell and complain. But, you know, I do have to admit that's so rare. And I think because of changing that focus, honestly, you know, I changed my focus to parents about five or six years ago and it is, my ministry has grown. I have like a thousand, I feel like I have a thousand people behind me supporting me and everything I do that'll drop anything, you know, last minute to help me. And, you know, I have to think it has to do with where the priority in ministry is put because students will come, you know, um, but if, if their families are not invested, I feel like that connection is shaky, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Here, here's the my big takeaway from this episode that, that I hope everyone hears. The, the best time to deal with parents that are upset is when they're not upset. Yes. Right? <laughs> and and when, we, when we do things to minister to them and make sure that they know that we're on their side and we're for them when they're not upset, when they get upset, they see us as an ally and not a roadblock. And I think that that's crucial. So if if there's one big takeaway that you hear this week, I think it's that, listeners. My hope and my prayer for you is this. As you walk through your week, if you're in the midst of things right now and you have a lot of, of unhappy parents, take a moment, throw on the brakes, put our pride aside, and begin to figure out, hey, how do I begin to work with, serve, and minister to parents? Not so that they're happy, but so that we can make a kingdom impact in their students' lives. Hey, thanks for being with us this week, the Youth Mystery Booster Podcast. We'll see you next time.